What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 166. And we're going back to the early 90s. We're going to have a puke green screen. We're playing video games on the toilet. And it's the debut of one of the bigger names in Nintendo history. It's uh, it's Kirby. We're talking Kirby's Dream Land on the good old original Game Boy. I've told this story many times, but this game just occupies it. It's permanent residency in one of the back corners of my memory because this is the very first game that I ever bought with my own money when I way back when I was just a wee little angry Adam. I I saved up all my birthday money, Christmas money. We went to Toys R Us. It took me fucking forever to make a decision. Remember we used to have to pick a Toys R Us? I don't know what it was like where you lived, but we used to have to like all they had was the paper and you would take like that little sheet of like blue and yellow paper up to the counter to get your game. So that's what you were picking from. Um and finally after all this hemming and hawing, I pulled the switch. And I got Kirby's Dreamland for my Game Boy because the ads and everything that I'd seen and just they'd worked on my impressionable little mind. I was so excited. And then I beat it the night I got home. And I was in like an hour and I, I was crushed. I was just, just crushed. But it's, it's not that it's a bad game, but ah. So anyway, my buddy Patrick is going to make his triumphant return to the podcast this week. He's a Game Boy junkie, a Game Boy collector. And when he asked if I wanted to talk Kirby's Dreamland, I was all over it. It's time to exercise those demons. So it's not a bad game. It's just, it's very easy. It's just, it's quick and painless. All right. That's it's quick and painless. So we'll get to Kirby's Dreamland in just a minute because speaking of quick and painless, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are painless. Maybe not quick though. Like they're fun. We talk video games. We have some laughs. It's zany. And I know you might be thinking, why does it have to be zany? Shadow's anyone that gets that reference, but that's what it is. So I will say, again, I replayed Kirby's Dreamland this week just to get ready for this podcast. And it it actually takes a little longer to beat than it does to listen to our intro. So Kirby's Dreamland is a short game, but it's longer. Than the infamous intro. So that gives you an idea of how long you're going to be waiting, all right? Uh, we have merch. We have new merch. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all kinds of fun stuff. Rockin' sweet. Remember the game art drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. Show him a little bit of love. And you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. And it's not just stuff referencing our podcast. We have the Angry Adam logo. We have the Hot Dog Sign logo. But then we have our video game matchup sign up. We have our Dreamcast Never Forget t-shirts over there. Our gaming console or our, our console. Soul War Veteran shirt is over there. Lots of fun retro gaming stuff if you're interested. Always putting up new designs and things like that. So uh, this is a great way to support the show if you're interested. And of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always just support us over on Patreon. It's just it's for as little as two bucks a month. Two bucks a month, like pennies a day. 
you get two additional podcasts every single week. You'll get exclusive access to both my gaming discussion podcast, Expansion Pass, every Thursday, and my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, every Friday. You'll also get instant access to well over 100 bonus podcasts that are sitting there in the archives. Uh, every week on Game Patch, we just look at all the biggest news in modern gaming, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. I add in my opinions, a little bit of profanity, stuff like that. And then Expansion Pass is a different podcast every week. Sometimes we do game rankings. Sometimes we look back at certain characters, certain consoles. We've talked about who's going to be on Gaming's Mount Rushmore. We've done some comedy-centric episodes, which is what we did this week. Uh, this past episode of Expansion Pass was, time, was Gaming Confessions Part 2. Last year... Our listeners confess their game shames, and I judge them all on the podcast, and it's become one of our most popular episodes. And so a year later, we decided to do it again. And 8-Bit Bovie wrote in on Patreon and said, dude, holy crap, episode number 77 was a fucking roast. So glad I didn't write in. Well done, sir. Fucking well done. Thanks, 8-Bit. I, I also think it was well done. And as is, you know, to suck my own dick a little bit, uh, as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's expansion pass, episode 77. Gaming Confessions Part 2. Joe Gillespie wrote in and said, This isn't me, but it is my wife, and it is hilarious. She always thought the turtles in Super Mario Brothers were ducks because some of them had wings. I was like, They have shells and beaks. What the fuck? Oh, you. Oh, God. Choking on my own rage here. Joe! I. Oh, me too, Kai. Come on. Got Joe. That one triggered. The, the other ones I was giving a hard time. That one triggered me a little bit. Your fucking wife should be at this meeting confessing this. Or you know what? She should be at the fucking library reading about turtles. Just that's fucking. I thought they were ducks because they had wings. First of all, tons of animals have wings. Second of all, there's not a single bird that has a fucking shell. I. That's not hilarious. That's fucking ridiculous. I can't let that go. That's fucking ridiculous. I, no. Jesus Christ. Wow, fuck me. Dave wrote in and said, I've been listening and supporting since day one, and I need to tell the hot dogs my truth. I only listen to the intro. The only episode I will listen to more than the intro of is Solomon's Key. That's fucked up. You only listened to the infamous intro. Dave, there wasn't even an infamous intro for the first hundred episodes. What the fuck were you paying for? Were you just like, do you go to the movies and just watch the previews? So that was last week's expansion pass. And now for this week, uh, I feel like talking gaming comfort food. I've had a crazy couple weeks in my personal life. It's just been really hectic. And, and sometimes you just want to play that game that you've already played a million times. It's just, it's like an old pair of sweatpants. It's just comfort gaming. So that's going to be what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's episode of expansion pass. So again, two bucks gets you instant access to all the old episodes, plus new ones every Thursday and Friday, plus access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our shows. You can DM with me, and you get a shout-out. And get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons, Andrew Lowhouse, Darth Yakko, Alan M., Brandon McLean, Frosty Feet 492, Scott A. Baker, Britt O'Neill, and Riley Jones. I think I only fucked up like two of those. But either way, thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find it at patreon.com 
slash remember the game. Uh, and we have a P.O. box. If you feel like sending me just a letter, a postcard, something small, send you a postcard back. We'll be friends. You can find that address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. And you can find me over on the old Twitch streaming service. I'm on there on occasion. Look for Remember the Game over at twitch.tv. I pop in there when I can. I don't even look for your subs. I've turned down affiliate status. I'm not trying to take any more of your money. Just a way for me to hang out with the community and shoot the shit. So follow me over there. It'll tell you when I'm online. You can come by and say hi. All right, that's that'll do. That'll be enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge. It is our official opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. So let's blow, and we're actually going to start off with one last gamer confession. One of our regular hot dogs, a longtime supporter of the show, missed out on the gaming confessions episode last week and wrote in and said, boy, I suck at this, Mercury869, that should not be hard to say. My gaming confession, I'm illiterate, apparently. Mercury869, that would explain so much about my inability to fucking just read a comment normally without fucking it all up. Maybe I am. Or I, Anyway, okay. Mercury869 wrote in and said, Hey, bud, as you know, I missed writing my confession and I'm rather chapped by it. I know it's my own fault, but decorum be damned, you're getting a confession. You can read it aloud or to yourself. I don't care. So here it goes. My name is Merc, and I'm an active World of Warcraft player. I enjoy playing this game as it introduced me to some absolutely amazing people who I've actually met up with. The game and the entire MMO genre gets some heat, but this game has been really good to me, and I enjoy the encounters that are put into it, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Now that I got that off my chest, you may resume regular programming. No! And that's exactly what I would have said if you had gotten into the gamer confession. There was a whole, you probably would have gotten a lot worse. You're lucky I don't have time to fucking light you up, you World of Warcraft nerds. Anyway, thanks Mercury for writing in. Uh, Quest wrote in on Patreon and said, Been playing through Resident Evil 4 on my PS4 and I'm loving it. I got it in a bundle with Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 and I just bought Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes in a separate bundle. What other series do you recommend playing in their entirety? I love series that give a completely new setting or experience with each title, such as Final Fantasy or Pokemon. On the flip side, are there any series that, in your opinion, get progressively worse as they continued? Uh, that's a good, you know what, Quest? That's a good Quest Chin. Get it? Quest Chin from Quest? Uh Uh, first and foremost, I should just warn you, uh, look out for Resident Evil 6. That game, (laughs) that game is like that, you know, after you've thrown up a type of booze, that's Resident Evil 6 is trying to drink the drink you've thrown up too many times. I hate that fucking game. Um, but other than that, you're in good, you're in good hands. I can't think of too many series that I've played all of myself. Like, I'm like, I mean, Mega, I played the original Mega Mans. I'll definitely recommend those. Mario Kart, Mario, Donkey Kong. I've played most of the Resident Evils. Uh, okay, on Xbox, I'll recommend playing through Gears of War. It's not a new setting every time. Like, you should play them in order to, to know the franchise. But they're great. I fucking love Gears of War. I've played all those. And then on PlayStation, I'll stand behind the Uncharted games. Same thing. I don't know if you've got to play all the previous Uncharted's to know all of them. They're like Indiana Jones. I mean... I don't think there's too much continuity from one game to another, but those will be two that I recommend. I can't think of another series that kind of starts over every time and stands alone off the top of my head. Um, Yeah, Resident Evil is probably a good call. And then as far as the series that I think has gotten worse as they've continued, you know what popped into my head right away? Madden. And I know this may be a bit of a cheap shot, but like old school Madden's great. And then it just... So I'll say Madden... 
I think Resident Evil was headed that way, to be honest with you. And then I think it bounced back with seven. I haven't played eight yet, but my understanding is that eight is fucking rad. Um, village, whatever you want to call it. But I thought seven was, I think seven stands up with four is the best in the series. Um, so that was headed there. What other series has gotten worse as it's gone? Oh, dude, Mega Man X. Blah. I don't care what anyone's, I fucking, the original Mega Man X is the greatest Mega Man game of all time. And then it was like a little bit of a step off and then just, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of Final Fantasy fans would say Final Fantasy's gotten worse too, but I'm not going to get into that because I don't know all the Final Fantasies. So anyway, those are my suggestions, Quest. Good luck. And again, fucking look out for Resident Evil 6 because it's scary and not in a good way. Uh, Emily Luna wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey, Adam, so the other week you did an Expansion Pass podcast on what we miss about the retro gaming era. But what's something you don't miss? As an aside, I'm also loving your new podcast release schedule. It makes the end of my work week a lot better. Well, thanks, Emily. If you don't know, for the longest time, Expansion Pass went live on Sunday, and now I've changed it to release podcasts on Mon or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, depending on what level of our Patreon you're at, uh, so that I can go on the road for comedy on the weekend. So uh, it seems like it's going pretty well for everybody, so I'm glad to hear that, Emily. Um, and just, just I, I actually want to do an episode of Expansion Pass in the near future about stuff we don't miss about retro gaming, because you're right, just a couple weeks ago, for those of you that don't know, we did do an episode of Expansion Pass where we talked about things we do miss about gaming back in the day that isn't a thing anymore. Um, and we are eventually going to do one about stuff we don't miss about gaming back in the day that's better now. And you know what? My, my quick answer for your question is being able to do more homework so that you don't uh, spend all your money or your birthday money on a fucking game like Kirby's Dreamland only to beat it on the drive home from the fucking store. If I had had the internet and stuff back then to look it up, I would have seen that it's like, it's a good game, but it's incredibly quick and easy. And I probably wouldn't have spent my fucking like life savings at the time that I was like 10 years old on that fucking game. So that's something I miss. And it's funny because I said something I don't miss is, or, or something I do miss about, what are we talking about? Don't missing or do missing? Don't do what Johnny don't does or whatever the Donnie don't, whatever the fuck it was. Anyway, shout out to anyone that gets that fucked up Simpsons reference. And I just said it was Simpsons. That ruins the. <sighs> this is maybe the worst episode of Remember the Game. We 166. You'd think I'd be getting good at this by now. Okay. So on the episode where we talked about stuff we do miss about retro gaming, a bunch of us said we kind of miss, you know, being surprised by a game and not knowing everything about it before we got our hands on it. And I do miss that as well. But on the flip side, something I don't miss is spending all my money on a game without being able to do a little bit of homework and research on it first. It's nice to be able to look up countless reviews and things and see, you know, oh, this game doesn't fucking work. Don't buy it before you go out and buy it. So there you go. But we are going to do a full episode on that soon, Emily. Thank you for the question and for writing in. Master Boyg wrote in and said, Adam, I always get a kick out of the little voices and impersonations that you break into on the show. There are podcasts from other hosts that I've just given up on after five minutes because the host is just so lifeless. I imagine you work different character voices into your stand-up comedy as well. Were you a kid who was known for celebrity or cartoon character impressions growing up? Anyway, I'm not sure if I'm the first one to mention this, but sometimes when you get fired up, I hear a bit of Gil Gilbert Gottfried in your voice. You may be familiar with his stand-up, but for me, he's always been the guy who voiced Lago, Lago, the, the parrot in Aladdin. Have you ever attempted an impression of that famously distressed parrot? I think you could pull it off. Maybe embrace this vocal likeness and make a logo in a backwards flex-fitted hat with the new mascot of Remember the Game. The t-shirts practically make themselves. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, thanks, Boyg. I, you know what? Okay, so I am familiar with Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, his stand-up is actually very funny, but I also, when I think of him, I think of the, the parrot from Aladdin whose name I can't pronounce, and I also think of him from Problem Child. I, we had Problem Child 2 when I was a kid on like VHS, 
And there's like a scene where he's like on a date at this restaurant with this like hot girl and the main kid is fucking with him. And he's, you disgusting kid, that fucking voice it is. I can't do Gilbert Godfrey. I've heard that before, but I can't do Gilbert Godfrey. Um, to answer your question, uh, I don't work a lot of voices into my stand-up act today, but when I was a kid, I did tons. Puberty wrecked my voice, man. It wrecked it. I When I was little, that was like what I used to do when I was a kid. I used to do all kinds of impressions. I used to do Steve Urkel was a big one of mine that I can't do anymore. Uh, Full House. For those of you that grew up on Full House, like I did, Joey had that fucking show where he controlled that woodchuck puppet. And I used to do the, is it made out of wood? That fucking voice. It's probably just cringy now, but I used to be pretty good at that voice. And then Simpsons. I used to do tons of Simpsons impressions. I used to do uh, Moe. Um, I used to do Mayor Quimby. I used to do Chief Wiggum, Grandpa Simpson, Krusty the Clown, Barney Gumble. I can't, the squeaky voice teenager, I can't do as many of them as I used to because puberty, again, has just not been kind to me, but um, like uh, me, uh, Diamond, uh, Joe Quimby, and uh, this is uh, my podcast about uh, uh, video games. And then, you know, I thought, oh, geez, you got the stink lines and everything there. That's Mo. And then, uh, I don't know, Homer, I'm worried about the beer supply after this case and the other case. There's only one case left. That's Barney. And I used to be better at Barney, too. And, um, like, uh, that's crusty. All I can, it's funny. All I can really do is the crusty moan. When I try to talk, it doesn't work, but it, uh. So anyway, yeah, I used to do a lot of Simpsons voices, but I don't, I can't do as many of them anymore. But thanks, boy. I'm glad, I'm glad that you guys, I always worry that my voice was like nails on a chalkboard. So I'm glad at least one of you likes it. And I can't decide if it's a compliment or if it hurts my heart to be told that sometimes I sound like Gilbert Gottfried. That, ugh. Uh, Chalupa Cabra wrote in and said, Hey Adam, last month I picked up the South Park games per your recommendation. I absolutely love Stick of Truth and I'm really enjoying the Fractured Butthole so far. I fucking love that name. Uh, I'd been on the fence about them for a while, so, th so thank you for being the deciding factor and me making the purchase. Uh, fuck, I need to like convince some of these game developers to pay me a royalty for all these fucking games that I sell on the goddamn podcast. Uh, Chalupa Cabra continues. My question for you revolves around class selection in RPGs. It seems like no matter what RPG I pick up, I always find myself gravitating to the strong tank-like classes. I've tried other classes, but to me, they're just not as fun as having the ability to pull a Leroy Jenkins and plow into mobs of enemies and come out relatively unscathed. Do you have a preferred class of type class type to play or do you try to mix it up for each game thanks for all the great work i'm not gonna lie to you chalupa cabra majority of the games that i play uh i'm kind of stuck with whatever they get like a lot of the the rpgs i like are like the super nintendo era ones where like final fantasy 4 earthbound i guess super mario rpg they gave you a little bit of customization but by and large i just play what the game gives me to play as but otherwise i always want a tank and i always want a healer I would probably, if I have the ultimate choice of whatever I want to play, then I'm actually usually, I usually play the healer. Like, I used to be pretty big into Overwatch for a while. Fuck, I suck so hard at that game now. But when I played Overwatch, my main was Mercy. Because uh, I'm not very good. So I would be the one that just hid in the background and just healed everyone and pumped them up. And I used to get, like, all kinds of player of the game votes and stuff. Because I would, uh, I would uh, take one for the team and, and just do my job. Like, just be a good healer. So I guess if you have to, like, what type of class do I play as? I traditionally stick to the support group because that way i can hide in the shadows uh, a couple more here we'll move on brandon mclean wrote in and said what's your take on the wada debacle personally i think it's over inflating retro prices making it harder than it already than making it harder than it already was with the mid-pandemic bubble it would be interesting to hear from an ex-collector's standpoint so i have talked about this a little bit in the past if you don't know really quickly and i i highly recommend 
you look up more information about it than I'm about to give you. But there's a company called WATA, W-A-T-A, who grades video games. You know how you can get like sports cards and comic books and stuff graded? They put them in these slabs. They give them a rating out of 10 or out of 100 or whatever of how good a shape they're in. And then it's supposed to like dramatically increase the value of whatever that item is. And it does work with sports cards. And I get it with stuff like sports cards because you can still see both sides of the card. You can still read it. You can still admire the art on the front, but it's protected and it'll never be hurt. And it has a substantial jump on the on the value. But now they've started, this company named WADA, they've started grading video games, especially sealed, unopened box video games. Uh, and they're going for literally millions of dollars at times. And now it's coming out, more and more evidence is coming out that WADA and the website Heritage Auctions, where a lot of these big games are selling, are kind of in bed together, and they're kind of artificially creating a market and running up the pricing in the market uh, to kind of take advantage of rich dumbasses that want to buy sealed video games, thinking that they're going to uh, cash in. And I'll be honest with you, Brandon, like, sure, the price of retro games has gone up insanely, and it's fucking ridiculous. And, like, a big part of the reason I don't collect anymore is because I'm, like, it's just, I'm not paying $40 for a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3 or insert common game here. You can go fuck yourself. This sealed thing, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. And I think that WADA is a bunch of greasy pieces of shit, as I've said before, and I have no time for them at all, and I'm not even remotely interested in giving them a dime of my money. But I will say that I don't think it's having as big effect on the regular retro gaming market as it might seem. I think that the retro gaming market is just exploding because everybody thinks everything old is worth infinite dollars. I think that this sealed market is a whole... I don't think... I think 99% of gamers have no interest in this fucking graded sealed game market. And that part of it might be because we can't play the games. And part of it is probably because most of us don't have millions of dollars. What this is is fucking rich people that don't know anything about video games thinking that they're going to buy them up and then we're going to come pay them for them later. And the joke's on them because 99% of us are going to be like, we don't want your fucking... $2 million copy of Super Mario Brothers that we already own on 1,200 consoles? Go fist yourself. So I think WADA is greasy. I think Heritage Auctions is greasy. I don't like either one. I don't trust either one. I'll never give either one a dime. And I don't particularly... I think it's a fake market they've created to take advantage of rich people, and I think most gamers see right through it and have no fucking interest in them whatsoever. There, That's my quick thoughts. But if you don't know anything about it, I highly recommend... There's a YouTube video about it. I highly recommend you look it up. It's very, very interesting stuff. They're fucking sleazebags. And finally, before we move on from this segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Grim Reaper wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I know you're a big retro gamer. And of course, that comes with the occasional being a pirate. What do you think of the Steam Deck for emulation as we get closer to its release date? So that's something that's been coming up a lot. If you don't know... I can't imagine too many people listening to this don't know anything about it. But I guess if you don't know, Valve, uh, who owns Steam, the PC gaming store, is releasing a handheld console, I guess. It looks like a giant Nintendo Switch um, near the end of the year. And basically, it's a portable PC. It's called the Steam Deck. We've labeled it the Steamer here at Remember the Game Industries because Steam Deck sounds too much like dick. And there's nothing funny about calling something a Steamer at all. Um, and what is, it's been interesting because a lot of our regular PC players that listen to the podcast have been like, I'm not really even that interested in this thing. A lot of people like myself that are interested in PC gaming, but are terrified of using a PC. I'm kind of interested in it. It does sound a little complicated and I'm computer illiterate, but I'm, it sounds like a really cool idea. Emulation is big, man. I think that's going to be a big deal, Grim. And I'm very interested to see what happens if Nintendo, in particular, I know they're not the only ones with retro games, but Nintendo in particular, I'm curious to see if more of their games come to market over the next few months. Because if they don't, and I'm just I'm just pulling a name out of my hat, 
Super Mario RPG. That's a game that everyone's asking for. And the reason it's not on the SNES Online is because Nintendo doesn't just own it outright because they teamed up with Squaresoft back in the day to make it. So there's a whole bunch of loops and uh, hoops to jump through and draw and all the shit they have to do. But like when this steamer comes out, if emulation runs, and it sounds like there's no reason emulation wouldn't work on it. It's like, well, I can just play Super Mario RPG anywhere I want for free and Earthbound, and Pokemon, and Final Fantasy, and Chrono Trigger, and basically all of the big old school RPGs, which are the number one games most people are asking to see emulated that haven't been emulated yet. So I'm, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, listen, I've said it many times. My stance on emulation has always been, if you give me a legitimate and reasonable way to purchase your game and get the money into the pockets of the developer, the publisher, the rights holders, I'll usually will. I usually will buy it over emulating. I just played through Kirby's Dream Land to get ready for this episode. I could have easily emulated it. I bought it on my 3DS for four bucks off the eShop and played it that way. Because I believe in that. I'm like, you know, it's I'm a creator myself. So I believe in that. If I can pay you for something, I will. But these games that aren't available anywhere, like right now, if you like just I'm using Chrono Trigger as an example. If you want to go out and buy a cartridge of Chrono Trigger, that's not fucking cheap. And the PSN port of Chrono Trigger fucking sucks. So if I can emulate it um, on my steamer and play the good Super Nintendo version and not have to give a reseller at the flea market $250 for it, I'm probably going to do that. I don't really have a problem with that. So I don't, I don't have a problem with emulation on the Steam Deck. I am interested to see how Nintendo and them counter it. And I don't really have an answer for you as far as how I think they're going to counter it. Because on one hand, I'm like, Nintendo will be stupid to not try to at least get a piece of that pie before everything becomes free and easy to play. But on the other hand, I'm like, eh, Nintendo just added Bluetooth support to their Switch in 2021. So eh, they might not even know the fucking, st- <laughs> they might not know the Steam Deck fucking exists. They might think it's an iron or something knowing fucking Nintendo. So uh, thanks for writing in Grim Reaper. And thank you to everyone that blew in my cartridge this week. I very much appreciate it. Let's change things up and get into our Smash It segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, they can remake one as a modern game, and the third game is erased from time forever. And quickly, if you're wondering why I, uh, I do the three, uh, I did that once as like a stupid joke and it just kind of stuck and people were like, yo, you should keep doing it that way. So I guess that's how I'm going to say the number three now, but only in that segment, no other times. Um... Plus, like, every once in a while, I fuck it up. My tongue doesn't roll, and I just three, and I sound fucking dumb. Anyway, okay. Uh, So that's what we're doing. Play one, remake one, erase one. As always, there are no wrong answers. There is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And we're talking Kirby on the show this week with Kirby's Dreamland. So I thought we'd run a Kirby-centric episode of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And we'd go with his marquee title from each of Nintendo's early consoles. Kirby's Adventure for the NES. Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. And Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards for the Nintendo 64. And first off, a huge shout out to every single one of you that wrote in on our Patreon to play this week that didn't say the premier Kirby title on the Super Nintendo is Kirby's Dream Course because I would have written your fucking asses up if anyone had said that. So thank you. Now, every time I come up with a play one, remake one, erase one combo, I always hope the poll's gonna be close. I try to make it hard for people to choose. It's getting difficult to find three games that line up in the similar theme that are all kind of on the same level as far as quality goes that haven't all got these giant remakes already. It's getting very difficult to do uh and it looks like i kind of pooped the bed this week it was kind of a dud with over 50 percent of the vote and keep in mind there's six options so to get 50 plus percent of the vote out of six potential choices is massive 
Play Kirby Superstar, Remake Kirby's Adventure, and Erase Kirby 64 came out on top. Ran away with it this week. And to add to the lack of suspense in this week's episode, that's what I would do. This isn't one of those weeks where I'm like, the majority of you are wrong. This is the right answer. I would come along with all of you. So this might be the worst Play One, Remake One, Erase One ever. Anyway, we'll see what a few of you had to say before I explain my logic. And look at this. Right off the gate, I knew there'd be at least one person that would write in and end up on double secret probation for disobeying the rules. And we're going to come right out of it and get it out of the way with Jared, last name I can't pronounce, Bushlian. Sorry, Jared. Doesn't You know what? You don't even get your last name pronounced correctly because you're on double secret probation. Because Jared wrote in and said, all right, hear me out. Kirby Adventure was remade for the GBA and a newer Switch version to introduce Kirby to everyone is great. Superstars is a great game as it is and the games outside of the original NES and those remakes are the better games. All right? That's what you said. So hear me out, Jared. Double secret probation. You need to respect the rules. It's not that you said anything wrong. All your logic and everything is fine, but you didn't say which one you'd play, which one you'd remake, and which one you'd erase, which is the whole point of the game. You can't just sit in contestants row and ogle fucking Drew Carey or Bob Barker. At some point, you gotta place a bid. So fucking take a hike, Jared. Double secret probation. Son of a bitch. Jerry Robinson wrote in and said, Kirby needs some love. I would play Adventure, remake Superstar. It was my very first console. Uh, and I can use the remake on the current gen. And then I would erase Nintendo 64. I never played it, so it can leave. And here's the thing. I usually say don't erase a game you haven't played. Give it a chance and play it first. But between my not overall love of Kirby uh, and my disdain for the Nintendo 64 controller, I have zero qualms with the idea of erasing Kirby 64. And you're right. Every one of you that wrote in and said Kirby Superstar and Kirby Adventure are both awesome games. They are. They're both, even if you're a modern day player that doesn't like Kirby, I'm telling you, those two games are well worth your time. They're both great. We actually have episodes in the archives about both of them too, if you're interested. Troy wrote in and said, I would play Kirby's Adventure. A charming 8-bit Kirby game is something everybody needs exposure to and the games have progressively fallen off the rails. I would remake Kirby 64. I played the shit out of this game in grade 8 and loved trying to mix and match all the powers. I think this game would look amazing with a remake as well and erase Kirby Superstars. It's just a collaboration of small Kirby games and I think we can just do away with it. I think I could fucking just do away with you, Troy. You fucking... No, I... Okay, I can live with your logic. You grew up with Kirby 64. You're like, I'm nostalgic for it. I understand that. Kirby Superstar is the best Kirby game ever and I'll die on that... I won't die in the hill because I don't like Kirby enough to die, but it's fucking great. It is a compilation of mini games, but they're great fucking games. They're really, ooh, fucking Troy. At least you respected the rules, so single secret probation for you. Darth Yakko. Is it Yakko? Dude, Darth, you gotta DM me. Let me know if Yakko is from Wacko, Yakko, and Dot from the Animaniacs. Because trivia note, if you didn't know, Yakko is the reason I wear my hat backwards. Because as a kid, I thought Yakko was fucking awesome. Uh, Darth wrote in and said, play Superstar, remake Kirby 64, and erase Kirby's Adventure. Kirby Superstar to Kirby's Adventure is like what Mario World is to Super Mario Bros. 3, a game amped up in every way possible. At Kirby 64, I liked when you mix two power-ups and get a mixture of two different elements in one, like bomb plus ice, needle plus cutter, etc. So, there's another person. I gotta... You guys are making me wonder if Kirby 64 is worth my time getting my hands on to play it or not. I... Not the world's biggest Kirby fan. I do agree that I think Kirby Superstar is an upgraded version of Kirby Adventure, but I'm not willing to write off Kirby's Adventure. I fucking love that game. 
Fake McHugh wrote in and said, play Kirby Superstar because it's great. Remake Kirby's Adventure just with small updates. And 64 can jump on a star and go to another world. In the early days of 3D, it was good, but it hasn't aged well. You'd have to snort some crystal shards to want to keep playing this game. I read that just for the snorting crystal shards thing. Plus that hit a little home to me. That's my problem. I'll deal with it. And Craig Sutherland wrote in and said, play Kirby Superstar. This game is a lot of variety, so it stands as is and doesn't need a remake. Given its 16-bit aesthetic... It looks great as it is as well. Remake Kirby's Adventure. This is a great game that would get a real boost from a remake and taking things from Kirby's various outings since its creation could very well become one of the best Kirby games ever if this remake was handled correctly. And then Erase Kirby 64. This is an awkward step as many 64 era games were. I think we can safely erase this one and lose nothing in the process. There were so many other good Kirby games before and even after it that this one can go. Yeah, I can. Uh, I agree 100% with your order. Not necessarily all of the logic. Uh, most of it, though. Actually, you know what? 90% of your logic I fucking agree with as well, Craig. Because like I said, I'm siding with the majority this week myself. I want to be one of the cool kids. So I personally will play Kirby Superstar because as I've said every time Kirby comes up, as I said countless times on the Kirby Superstar episode of Remember the Game, not only did I own it as a kid and just have a really... Uh, I just love it. It's It's a great compilation package of games there's some really good games in there i think it is straight up one of the best looking games on the super nintendo it was one of the last kirby games that wasn't completely just for babies dude if you've not played kirby's adventure especially on the nes that game will it's not like it's not fucking mega man but that game will fuck you up if you give it a chance and i liked it like that so i'll play kirby superstar because i think it's as playable today as it was back then i'll remake kirby's adventure as well because as much as i dude kirby's adventure for my money top maybe not in my personal top five favorite nes games but from a quality and shine point it is one of the best nes games ever made it pushes the nes to its limit it came out right near the end of the nes plays great there's so much depth to it it's just a little bit difficult not really gonna hurt you but it'll make you try a little bit it's so fucking good so i would remake kirby's adventure and just make it basically run smoother because it it chugs on the nes because it's pushing the nes so hard so i don't even know if i would change anything else about it other than i would call like kirby's adventure dx and just clean it up uh and then i'd erase kirby 64 normally i try my best to not erase games that i haven't played but between the fact that it's the nintendo 64 the fact that it's kirby which i'm like meh and the and and then more importantly than those two factors the fact that i really truly love kirby's adventure and kirby superstar and kirby 64 just not for me. It's got to go. Tough cheese. Although now I'm kind of tempted to track down a cartridge and play it at some point. So there you go. Leave it to fucking Kirby to produce the lamest play one, remake one, erase one ever. Fucking Kirby. Just, oh God, fucking everyone fucking gets to play in Kirby's dreamland. There's no, no one gets erased around here. I'm Kirby with my friend Blowy Tree. Fucking Kirby. Fucking fat little wiener. Anyway. That'll do it for Play One Remake One Erase One. What have I been playing over the last week? And then we'll talk some Kirby's Dreamland. Uh, still primarily Final Fantasy X. I really am starting to get close to the game now. I'm not going to do a ton of the extra stuff, but I am getting pretty close to finishing it. I haven't had a lot of time to play. I had four comedy shows and five nights and a long drive to get to one of them over the past week. So I've been bringing my Switch on the road to play it. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit of Deathloop on my PS5. Um, but now that I'm home for the next couple weeks, I'm going to put some time into Deathloop. It's just the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are not practical for taking on the road whatsoever. 
especially the fucking PS5. It almost needs its own fucking suitcase. So I haven't had a lot of time to sit down and play them, but now I'm home for a couple of weeks. So I'm definitely going to dive into Deathloop. I'm going to finish off Final Fantasy X, and then I'm going to fire up Diddy Kong Racing because it won this month's Patreon poll. I don't bought it. I just haven't put in my, 60, my Nintendo 64 to play it yet, but I'm going to, I just wanted to get Final Fantasy X finished off first. And uh, a 1,000% most likely be doing a review episode of about Deathloop on Expansion Pass in October. It'll be spoiler-free, like all my reviews. Uh, but I got to finish it first. And it seems dope, and I'm really excited to finally get some time to sit down and put more time into it. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk... Oh, yeah, and I've been playing Kirby's Dreamland. I bought it and beat it in about 40, 45 minutes just to get ready for this episode. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. As you know, I like to give some of you a chance to share your thoughts on the game we're talking about before my guest and I ramble on for far too long. Uh, Luca wrote into us on Patreon and said, uh, I never had a home console growing up, but I did have a Game Boy. And Kirby's Dreamland was one of maybe five games that I had for it. I memorized that entire game and could eventually get through it in less than 45 minutes. I even got really good at the harder extra game mode. I can see how this game was greatly overshadowed by the later games in the series, being very short, lacking a save system, and it didn't even have that copy ability Kirby's so synonymous with. But it was a great way for me to learn how to play games and it boosted my confidence, knowing that there was at least one game out there I could be you know what I never thought of it that way Luca and I don't mention it on the podcast this week but that I don't think I did but that is a great point as much as I was mad that I beat it so fast and I thought like I kind of got ripped off by by Kirby's Dreamland. you're right I there wasn't a lot of games that I could beat as a kid and it was nice to have a game that I could just kind of cakewalk through and make myself feel good when need be because I was so busy playing the old games that would just feed me my fucking lunch all the time uh, Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, this was one of those games I got for the Game Boy that I absolutely loved. Short, sweet, but packed with meat on the bone, there it is, that gave it so much replay value for the time. The fact that you could fly whenever you wanted, that you could literally eat your enemies and then spit them back out at other baddies was so cool. It was only outdone by its sequel, which simply took an already great concept to bigger and better heights. Also, I loved the white Kirby and still prefer him to the pink one. If you don't know, yeah, Kirby was white in the original version. And dude, so many people... I have to assume that that was due to the Game Boy's limitations and the fact that it couldn't make pink. But I can't believe how many people wrote in saying they preferred White Kirby. I, I just think of Pink Kirby. I don't White Kirby. He kind of just looks like a bad guy. I don't know. That's just me. I I don't know. Uh, Jafar wrote in and said, my history with this game is actually very similar to yours, Adam. This was the first game I bought with my own money when I was about eight years old. It was on sale for 10 bucks and I beat it during the car ride home at night using the streetlights we passed along the way to see. Kirby's Dreamland is so ridiculously short that it left me in disbelief the first time I beat it, but I go back to it regularly because it's a lot of fun and it feels good to sit down for 15 minutes and be able to 100% a game. And you know what? I will say, like when I sat down and replayed it, I was like, fuck, I, this game is, I think I died once when I beat it. On the easy mode. I didn't play it on the hard mode yet. But I was like, it is just kind of a it's a it's it's ironic that we're talking about gaming comfort, you know, comfort games tomorrow on Expansion Pass. And I'm like, man, Kirby's Dreamland is kind of comfort food. It's just easy. You can pick it up. The only other game I remember beating, like the first time I played it, was a Little Mermaid on the NES. And I really like that game too. So I don't know. And then Ryan Bayshore wrote in and said, I absolutely love this game. One of my first Game Boy cartridges along with Tetris, Mario Land, and Alleyway. It's short as hell, but it's endlessly entertaining and has a lot of awesome moments. The whole Mount DDD level comes to mind. I always thought that traveling on the star to transport was a nifty mechanic, and the Wispy Woods boss is iconic. I will agree with you on a couple of those points. Mount DDD, particularly the music when you fight King DDD, which you're going to hear near the end of this episode, is fucking outstanding. King DDD is excellent. And as much as I hate fucking stupid blowy tree 
you're right. That is an iconic boss. This is a crappy boss, but iconic nevertheless. I'll give you that. So let's get into Kirby's Dreamland, everybody. I'm going to queue up that old school Game Boy pixelated music. There it is. And when I get sick of listening to it, my buddy Patrick and I are going to go back to 1992 and talk about Kirby's Dreamland, the debut of Kirby, which originally released on the Game Boy in North America on August 1st of 1992. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, so this is a photo finish, a photo finish for the podcast this week. I don't think we've ever recorded one this late. This show will be going live in about three hours. This is welcome to the world of comedy mixed with podcasting. But we're talking Kirby. We're talking Kirby's Dreamland, the debut of Big Fat Kirby. And joining me on the show this week, returning to the show, is my good buddy Patrick. How's it hanging, man? Oh, pretty good, man. As, as uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. As, uh, how's lock? How's lockdown, COVID, pandemic life? Are you staying sane? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just as thrilling as anybody's is, I imagine. Just, yeah, fuck. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Game Boy games. Yeah. So, dude. Okay. So, that's great. That's a fucking... I knew you'd fucking go there. Uh, it's because you're smart. So, I know that, like, you and I have been on... You've been on the show several times. You and I have talked before. Yeah. But, like, you... The Game Boy is kind of your jam, yeah? Oh, uh, dude. It's it's the best. It's the greatest. It's the greatest handheld console of all time. So, I'm just curious. Like, before we get into Kirby, like, I, listen... You're not going to catch me shitting on the Game Boy. I grew up with the Game Boy. I I got mad love for the Game Boy. I just, I take a lot of shit for people that are like, you guys got to cover more Game Boy games. And I'm like, well, growing up, like I only had two or three good, like I had Tetris and I had Mario and I had this. I didn't have a lot of good Game Boy games, but I'm just curious, like, like why the, like most people collect like NES or Super Nintendo or Genesis. Like why old puke green? And you have the new one, right? You have that fancy new Game Boy. Well, it's it's still a it's still in uh, like the guts of it are a um, like a DMG Game Boy, but I've upgraded the screen. It's a new shell, oh. um, but like the, the main components of it are an original Game Boy. It just uh, has an LCD screen with a you know backlight to it, and uh, I just reskinned the outside basically. Okay, because I saw you post a picture the other day where you were like watching TV or something, but also yeah, playing it's this sharp as hell, and it yeah. looked fucking body. Dude, I was yeah. like, bro, yeah. that yeah. looks so. I was like, that's the first thing I'm gonna ask him. When I get up on the podcast yeah. is what the fuck? How does your Game Boy look like a goddamn fucking 4K TV? But that looks yeah. fucking mint, buddy. It's, it's so much fun playing it that way because you don't get the, um, like that. I mean, part of the charm some people really like about the Game Boy is like the, you know, the ghosting that the opposite of the images as you're moving fast. But uh, I like the new um, LCD screens that you can throw on them because there's like nice and crisp and clear and you can swap the color palettes on them and stuff. I like playing that like white and black one that you saw me post. Yeah. But you can go like the classic green and black and there's red and purple and blue and stuff, depending on the, the model of screen that you get for it. But it's uh, it makes it like way more playable. You can do, you know, um, day or night kind of thing anywhere. It doesn't, you don't have to like entirely depend on street lights if you're playing at night or, you know, directly in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was, I was floored. Looking at it, I was like, Jesus, yeah. buddy, that looks fucking crisp. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice. So, then before we get into Kirby, I'll just ask because you're a Game Boy, uh, you're, you're a Game Boy nerd. What's your, have you oh. got an ace? Like, have you got an ace in your Game Boy rotation? You got a favorite Game Boy game? Nah, you know what? Like, there's so many good ones. I mean, there's a lot of junk too, but like, those Mario games are so classic, especially uh, like the, 
Mario Two is yeah. so good. Like that's such a perfect game. I know you covered that before. That like that's such a great game. Um, the Wario Land games are great, uh, and like Kirby, dude. Like that's why we're talking Kirby because like I think this is one of the like one of the great. It's like it's just a perfect game for the system. You know what? Yeah, I agree with that. And like it's fucking wild, dude. Because like I haven't played this. So like I'll have told the story in the intro. I've told the story a million times. This is the first game I ever bought with my own money. I beat it the night I brought it home. And as a little kid who just spent literally my life savings on this game, yeah. I was a little crushed. And so for a long time, I've never hated this game, but for a long time, I was just kind of like, you fucking stay on your side of the road. Like we're not friends anymore. You yeah, I know. I did, that's, money. that's why I'm thrilled to like be talking about this game with you. Cause I know you have this like traumatic childhood experience I, of like <laughs> buying this game and it's just like being over before you really get to enjoy it. it. But, but like part, part of the charm of it, I think, is is exactly that is like the the game boy is is it's not a it's not a like you you look at through the lens of like today's standard you want games that are you know they've got story and there's there's a lot to it and a lot of value for the games but in the game boy it 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 was literally designed as a pick up and play wherever you are type thing And, and kirby is a perfect game for that because it is so short it's so easy uh, it's it's so great for that aspect. You can literally just turn it on. You can play it for five minutes. You can play it for half an hour and beat it. And it's it's such a fun experience even to this day. It is. And I'll I'll be honest with you, man. Like I was I was floored when I sat down to play it because I played it on my 3ds a couple of days ago. I bought it off the eShop. It's like four bucks. By yeah. the way, for any of you that are out there, that I know a lot of people are gonna be like, I just emulate them all on my phone or fucking whatever. But if you are looking to actually buy Game Boy games, the 3ds like actually has a, a respectable virtual console of old Game Boy games, and they're like they're pennies. They're like three or four bucks. Like they're fucking great That's pricing. Awesome. And I would have bought this, and I and I sat down and played it for the first time in. God, probably since I was a little kid, and I beat it. I think I died once. Like I beat it in forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. The fuck it was. It, yeah. But yeah. I, I gotta say, like I, and we're gonna we'll review the actual game itself here. I, I just I was like from the from the soundtrack, which I think is spectacular. Oh, uh, to yeah. the way it looked, I was like, bro, this is a great looking Game Boy game, and it played crisp. And I was like, man, they're like it's easy. And I think depending on how you want to look at it, that can either be a fault or a, or a, a positive, depending on how you want to look at it. But other than that, I was like, this is a, a superb little video game. Like there is it's, just no bugs, no. There's it's all it's, polished. It's, it's, it's perfectly designed. It's like like you said, the music, the characters are interesting, the variety of of characters in the world and levels, and and it just it plays smooth. Like we um, when we talked about. Um, the uh, the first Mario game for the Game Boy, and we talked about how weird that game plays. Like on top of looking interesting, the controls are a little strange. They don't really feel like a Mario game. Yeah, Kirby handles really tight. Like the whole game is very precise and 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 uh, is very easy to play. And what I love about the design of it is something they do. And as I've been kind of playing through it again and looking at stuff, something that's so brilliant about the game is they start you off on the level. They don't tell you anything. There's no, like, unless you read the manual as a, you know, if you had the physical copy, you read the manual, you wouldn't know what to do, but picking up now and looking at it for the first time, you play through a little bit of level. And then they introduce you to like a smaller version of the boss you're going to fight to introduce you to an easier version of the mechanic. Cause each boss is a different style of mechanic that you need to use to, to fight that boss. And halfway through the world, they introduce you to a kind of a, a lighter version of that boss to go, this is what you're going to be up against. It's going to basically be a, a double version of this. Yeah. And I think that's just smart 
like move um, in the game's design to to implement something like that, where you get to the boss, you go, okay, I know what to do here, even though the boss may look different or be, you know, especially in the in the first world, you fight the guy with the bomb, and it's like, well, this is basically what you have to do: suck up the bomb, shoot it at the boss. Yeah. And then when you fight the when you fight the uh, the wispy woods boss, the tree. Uh, it's the same thing, but they fall from the sky, but you, you understand what to do. That wispy woods thing is funny. You bring them up too, because somebody like, and this is, I guess this is one of the advantages to recording the game part of the the podcast so late is that I've already done the intro for this week. So I know what other people have written to say about the game, which usually I don't. And I think it was Ryan Bayshore. One of our patrons wrote in and was like, the first boss has become, and sorry to all of you, if it wasn't Ryan, someone's going to send me a nasty email and be like, that was me. You shut up a bitch. <laughs> but they mentioned just how iconic that, fucking tree is and i was like and it's so funny because i'm like that tree makes fucking glass joe from punch out look like a beast like that tree is the (laughs) wimpiest fucking boss but for some reason it is it is like when you think like he's on the cover of the game with kirby like that's that's, and it's just it literally is just a stupid wimpy looking tree that blows air at you and then his apples yeah. fall and, and then you he just spit eats them at shit him. as you shoot apples at his Yeah, time. yeah. Just the crappiest yeah. boss. But it's <laughs> but but he works and he's such a great first boss for this game. And you yeah. nailed it. Like I just I I was maybe the thing I took away from it that impressed me the most, because it's been so long since I played it, is like I'm a huge fan of Kirby's Adventure on the NES. I think that's one of the best yeah. games on the NES. But that mm-hmm. game fucking chugs a lot because yeah, it yeah, pushes yeah. the yeah. NES to its limit. And I understand that Kirby's Dreamland is is li- literally a fraction of the game that Kirby's Adventure is in basically mm-hmm. all aspects, and it's running on smaller hardware too. But like, I was expecting to have a whole bunch of slowdown and lag and choppiness and stuff, and like, nope, this game runs fucking flawlessly. I was there. There floored. are there are a few moments where it it does chug a bit, but you don't notice. It yeah, it was actually. nothing. There's each one is a lot of action, but it it's not. It doesn't break the game or, or really make. It. If anything, it gives you a little bit of breathing room to uh, to maneuver while you're getting through yeah but i think that's something that speaks to just if you want to talk about how great of an impact this game has the game is designed and created for the game boy and then they make an nes version i don't know any other game that went that way yeah. most of those game boy games were nintendo ports yeah. or nes ports that they just dumbed down this was a game they built for the system and it plays perfect for the system and the hardware. And they're like, well, that game's so good. Let's take that character. And, and like the stuff that it sets up in this game go on to, I mean, you see elements from Kirby's Dreamland up into like the, the newest Smash Bros game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, Kirby. Like, cause like for those of you that don't know, this is Kirby's, uh, like this is his debut. debut. This was like the first time we did. And I, you know what? And I'll tell you the reason I bought this game with all that fucking Christmas money was because they marketed the fuck out of this game. And little Adam just being the gullible little Nintendo fan, like card carrying fanboy that he still is, <laughs> but that he was as a child, saw this new mascot and it was like, he's this big fat guy and he can fly and he can eat enemies. And I was like, that yeah. sounds awesome. And I don't know why I expected it to be so hard because in hindsight, because like, listen, I think that the reason a lot of people shit on Kirby these days is because they're like, well, these games are for babies. Like these games are too easy. And and they listen, I haven't played a Kirby game in forever because they uh, yeah. they are like they are too easy. But at the same time, like you guys, Nintendo is a family company and they're just like, you know, hey, this let's we need something that'll, you know, appeal to the families and stuff like that. And one of the other people that wrote in brought up a great point where they were like, it was nice to have this game as a child because I had a game yeah. that like gave me a little bit of a confidence boost because I knew I could beat it. 
And I and what, what? I was like, that's a great fucking point. Like that was this is one of the first games I ever beat as a kid. And as as frustrated as I was that it was so easy, there was part of me that was like, this was like a fun game. It was it was cool. Like even as a kid, I thought it was a well designed fun game, and I can beat it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't have to. I I can beat this game. Like I can go to my mom and be like, look, like I beat the game. I couldn't beat Super Mario Brothers when I was a kid, but I could beat fucking Kirby's Dream Land. Um, I, I I think that's and that also speaks to um, you know. Uh, giving the designers some credit too, because this is a game that almost in a sense, it grows with your ability to play it because yes, you have the the base game, which uh, is, is very, um, it's very entry level friendly and it's very easy to complete, but then you can, you can play the hard mode. You can unlock it either by the code at the end, or if you know it, you can just put it in for the extra mode yeah. and then it flips the whole game. And it's, it's a much more difficult game. Like I tried to play it recently and I'm like, Oh my God, like I would have been, so dead as a kid trying to play this. Yeah, hard, hard mode. Like, listen, like, listen. I'm not gonna like. It's not fucking Dark Souls or something. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, this is hard, but like, hard, hard mode will fuck you up. Like, hard mode, you need a little bit of practice, which is great. Like, that's a great thing. Like, there it, were, it there definitely were, feels like like the adult version of the game. Of yeah. Like, if you if you had your Game Boy from childhood to like being a teenager and you were getting more adapted playing games and and being uh, you know a lot more skilled, you could go back to this and play this extra mode. Where like I play it now and it's it's a struggle, man. Like it's tough. Yeah, and it's funny because like I, part of me has always thought that's just that like I mean, because Super Mario Brothers does that too. When you beat Super Mario Brothers, you can start over again, yeah. and all the Goombas are fucking Buzzy Beetles or whatever. And like it's harder. And I've always part of me has always been like, what a fucking cop out way to extend the life of your game. Just replace, like, just put more enemies in. But then when I and I and I feel like that about Super Mario Brothers. But I will say that yeah. I fired up the hard mode in this and started playing it, and I was like, oh, it's not like all they did was swap out the wimpiest enemies for stronger enemies. Like, there's more enemies and more there's shit. More, and then they and, like there are there are enemies that don't exist in the regular game. There yeah. are extra mode specific enemies that just they replace them with a a, a more unpredictable pattern. Like even when you're fighting. Um, the uh, the wispy woods boss like he's got a whole different pattern of of uh of attack too where you're like struggling to dodge the the now those those wimpy puff clouds are like oh shit like the spikes are gonna drop on me and he's gonna he's gonna hit me with his puffs of air and, and it's you're you're battling for your life in that one yeah it was i was impressed that they actually put a little bit of like i mean it's gonna sound, this is gonna sound condescending but like they they tried like they put a little bit of effort yep. into that hard mode and the thing about it and you know what the thing about it to me is 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 patrick is i was like and this is gonna uh, again i'm a card carrying nintendo fanboy I openly admitted it but like this is that's a nintendo move like nintendo saw yeah. this and was like we you know what this could be a new a new cash cow for us like we already have mario zelda's going well now we've got this little, and he did, he did like, I, I would argue that Kirby, whether you like Kirby or not, he might not be on the Mario Zelda tier, but he's on the tier right below it. Like he gets a game oh, every sure. system. He's, he's mascot knows. level, he's mascot level character. Oh, he's a sure. huge, like a huge IP. And it all started with this one. And the thing is, is like, you mentioned it off the top, dude, there's a lot of crap on the Game Boy. There's a lot of developers <laughs> that took their big NES games and fucking just watered them down as much as they had to and stuck them on the Game yeah. Boy. There's a lot of crap on there. Wear. And you play something like this, uh, to this day, bro, this game came out in 1992. It's 2021 right now, which, if my brain <laughs> still works, is 29 years apart. Yeah. And I'm like, this game still, like, I don't, I wouldn't pay 50, like, if I paid 50 bucks for this game today, I'd be fucking hot. I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But if I had paid, I mean, I paid five bucks for this game on my 3DS, and I'm like, I would have paid, like, if they just, imagine Kirby never existed, and then someone released this game today for 10 bucks. 
I'd be like, dude, that's a, like the game looks like the game holds up today. Which you can yeah. say about yeah. very few Game Boy games that aren't yeah, RPGs. Yeah, like yeah, Pokemon, you can say that sure. about, yeah. but RPGs yeah. are different because it doesn't really matter how the graphics age. It matters on how they play. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I would argue that like, Kirby, I know it's a little bit older than it, but like Kirby's Dream Land aged much better than Super Mario Land did. Like it's, you know, and I like Super Mario Land, the first one. Yeah, I, I, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like uh, it's, when you play Super Mario Land now through today's lens, you go like, this game looks and feels weird. But you play Kirby, you go like this game feels right. Yeah. When you play it, everything is responsive. The character, you know, like the the flying mode, like the whole aspect of flying and and the in the you, you can fly forever if you want to. Yeah. But if you want to attack something, you've got to give up that ability. And like that design alone is just like it's so cool because it gives you the power to just as a kid you can go, Well, this is too hard. I'm just gonna fly over all of this and not deal with any yeah. of this. And Whereas even, Mario, you're typically forced to fight everything in your path on the ground. And even with the flying thing, like there, there's a lot of areas where you go into like caves or you're climbing up inside yeah, the tree. Yeah, there's spikes on the ceiling. There's, there's flying enemies. Like you're right. There are parts yeah. where you can the cheese it that and shoot fly up by. At, yeah. But you can't just cheat over the whole game. And that's great that they found a way to put this flying mechanic in a game, but also not have it break the game. Like it, imagine it, playing yeah, Super you, Mario 3. Vulnerable. Yeah, like imagine Super Mario 3 with infinite P-Wings. Like it's broken yeah, as fuck, yeah, right? Whereas exactly, this game, yeah, it still yeah. it still works. One thing, bro, and I'm not gonna lie to you, Patrick. Until I replayed it for this podcast, I would have lost a bet if you had bet me on this. I totally forgot that in this game, you can't steal enemies' abilities. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This one, they didn't introduce that till the second one. And you and you or the can't, NES, I guess. Yeah, and you can't criticize the game for that because it's just it was just the, the first game of the series. It's not like they sure, took it yeah. out. That was just what wasn't it. Yeah. But what was wild though was that there were enemies like the little cutter throwing ninjas and the fucking beam, yeah. the one eyed beam guys and stuff. Yeah. Enemies that you know and later the bomb guy, like that you'll be able yeah. to steal abilities from. Yeah, but you yeah. didn't Especially have in like this the game. Sword throwing night guy. Yeah. yeah, and it was such yeah. a mind fuck because there's so like I yeah. played a, quite a bit of Kirby and there's. So so many enemies that i it probably took me a level like i i fuck i finally googled the instruction manual <laughs> not because it was too hard but i was like am i just like am i doing something wrong yeah. like I'm, you would normally you would you'd eat them and then or you would uh, breathe them in and then you press down to to keep their their powers in the yeah. game so in this one you just it flattens out and, and gets rid of the uh the ability to spit them back out yeah and i don't know why i mean i'm sure there are nerds out there i'm sure you can read about it i don't know why they decided to add that mechanic when they went to kirby's adventure but obviously like thank fuck because that adds I so think, yeah, much just, depth i, I, to I the would game. imagine just uh, yeah exactly that it's just not remaking the same game yeah um but like i was i was i was like man what a mind but but at the same like i wasn't mad i just was like oh i'm just so used to being able to do that this is yeah, fucking weird sure. yeah but but at the yeah. same time it's been it in so, the game longer than it hasn't yeah but it was so rad that they kept so many of those enemies like that they're just yeah. regular you know what i mean like they didn't reinvent yeah. the wheel when they made the second game they were like remember those enemies you fought the first one well some of them now you can take their abilities which i think yeah. is just the coolest fucking thing in the world i thought that was it awesome sure yeah um and then also, they also, like, uh, there were certain abilities you could pick up during the game. Uh, oh, yeah. The power-ups? Yeah, yeah. And I fucking, ugh. Like, the spicy food is, like, I think that's, yeah. I remember being a little kid, and I showed that to my dad, and my dad made a joke that, uh, like, he was farting. Like, he couldn't hold it. Like, he was just, <laughs> at, like, that all the spicy food is just wrecking his stomach. And I just thought yeah. it was, like, the funniest thing. So every time yeah. I got the spicy food... I would run and show my dad and be like, "Oh, like he's got gas, Dad. He's got the spicy food." And playing yeah. it today, I was just, or the other day, I was just like, I, as soon as I picked it up, I was like, "Oh, he's got the gas." I just <laughs> I, like it was, you know, like I, clearly, 
I don't know if they had the idea that they were going to make another game and make you be allowed to eat enemies and steal their abilities. Like, I don't know if they already had that planned out or not. But, like, the blueprint is there with the spicy food, the mint leaf, the, the microphone, yeah. you know, yeah, that kind of the, stuff. The invincibility. Uh, candy, yeah, the candy. The yeah. And, it's, and frankly, like, I mean, Kirby's Adventure is, I don't even like to, it's not, I don't know if it's fair to this game to compare it because I'm not, I'm not even trying to compare it, but like in Kirby's Adventure, the game is clearly designed around getting these abilities and using them. Whereas like, if, dude, if you were able to steal the enemy's abilities in this game and use them, uh, an already easy game would have been, <laughs> fuck, you probably could have played it with your eyes closed if you could have stolen everyone's yeah. abilities in this fucking game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be able to just blast through it even more. Yeah, it would have broken. I, wa- I wonder. I wonder how far into, like, how far after Kirby's Dreamland that the um, the one for the NES came out. Because I think it's like a year later. Isn't it like nineteen ninety three? Yeah, I'll look it up right now. It's not too far because I know that like Kirby's yeah. Adventure was right near the end of uh, of the NES. It was one of yeah, the last it's NES the only, games. Only, that... only Kirby game on the NES. Yeah, it is, and. Because then it was uh, Dreamland 2 on the Game Boy, and then I think 3 comes out on the Super Nintendo, right? Uh, I think Kirby Kirby Superstar came out on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Okay. Which was, I guess, kind of like Kirby's. Okay, so yeah. Kirby's Dreamland in 1992, Kirby's Adventure in 1993, Kirby's Pinball Land, Kirby's Dream Course, Kirby's Avalanche, Dreamland 2. Oh, those are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fucking, oh my. Dude, there's a lot of Kirby games. Holy fuck. Yeah, those spinoff games are are ridiculous. I mean, they're like, we have a ball character. What can we do with balls then? We can just make this character that. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you is, and I don't know if this was because of the Game Boy screen or not, but like, he's only white in this game. And then in all the other ones, he's pink. And, yeah, uh, and I think that just comes down to design, right? So my, what I what I heard, I don't remember where where I had heard this. I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but I had heard that Kirby was just like a placeholder character until they created something else. As they created the game, they're like, well, we're gonna do this placeholder character, and then we're gonna replace him with something much more interesting. But as they got along, they really started to like the design of the character, and then they kept. It. And so I don't know how far into the development of the game that that happens, but uh, I think that's that. kind of interesting. So it's like they had this blank white circular character. They're like, we'll just, we'll make them something else after. And then they're like, well, you know, we like the character. Let's just keep them as this character. And then, yeah, they just, uh, cause in the, um, in the American version, it's white. But I think if you look at the Japanese version of the game, he's pink on the cover of that. Oh, okay. One. It's funny because like, <laughs> I believe that, that he was a placeholder character. Cause like, and again, I, I have no beef with Kirby, but like, he, he, there's nothing to he, him. he is kind he's of a, a crappy face, he's character. a face on a ball yeah yeah, yeah. he yeah. really is kind of a crappy they're just yeah. like it looks like some I, i'm not joking like i could draw kirby i can't draw anything <laughs> but i could draw kirby like he's just he's not a he's there's no depth he's just a yeah. circle with two feet that eats everything like yeah. he's a pretty crappy yeah. character but it's he's crazy dude like that so wings for arms yeah so many people wrote in and they were just like, bro, I much preferred the white design of Kirby to pink. And I was, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Really? I'm floored by it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I looks, like now I don't care about Kirby as a character design wise, but that box art for the, for Kirby's dreamland, it's just, it sticks with me, man. Just like, that's what, that's what I think the character looks like. Well, the box art is great. I'll give that up. But I just, I look at him and I'm like, I'm looking at, I literally have it on my screen right now. And it's, it's great looking box art. But I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, like when he's white, he literally just looks like a boo from Mario that like went rogue <laughs> yeah. and was like, no, I'm going to, so. I'm going to leave. I don't want to work yeah. for Bowser anymore. I'm just going to go yeah. eat animals in the forest. 
Which, yeah. which is another thing. I, I got to be honest with you. I think it's a little fucked up that we're just going through the forest eating all these fucking animals. Like they're just okay, there. So, so no, the animals, those aren't animals of the forest. Those are the minions of King Dedede that have come to Dreamland and they've stolen all of the stars and ah, the food from Dreamland. And ah, now you're going and you're fucking their shit up. I still feel bad because you know Dedede made them do this. I just, I don't know. I They don't, like, that's one thing is like, I know that Kirby's supposed to be cute, but the enemies don't look like a Goomba. Bro, you look at a Goomba from Mario and you're like, yeah, that's fucking gross. I'm going to, it's a okay, it's other, other than like, other than the mushroom character, all of those characters look evil. Like there's something bad to them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so I don't feel, like this would be like, be, you feel bad for like killing the robotic monkey and Sonic the Hedgehog. Be like, oh, he's a, yeah, you know, all, all Robotnik's true. like enemies are, are all like some sort of insect. You're like, I feel bad for killing them. I'm like, well, those are, those are evil characters. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Fuck. I, I, all right. Fair. Okay. Point conceded. Fair enough. <laughs> um, okay. So we've established that this game fucking looks awesome. It plays surprisingly well. Like if the controls are tight, responsive, it doesn't feel slow. It fucking feels good. Um, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't sit here and jerk off about the soundtrack for a minute. Cause I gotta uh, tell so you, good. dude, Iconic. I, I gotta ask you, like you're a I'll Game Boy junkie. Is this the best, is this the best soundtrack on the Game Boy? It might be. Like honestly, dude. Like when I hear those songs, like I I know every bit of them. Like that's right. just one of those things. Like it's just you you hear that soundtrack and it's it it's time and place again. Like we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like that game is like driving across Canada late nights, like playing under the streetlights as they're as they're passing by, and and like just playing that game with that soundtrack going. Like it's very time and place, and I I love that so much about it. And it's it's very reflective of of the you know the environment because you could you could argue it's like it's a very childish appearing and seeming game and it's got this very upbeat happy soundtrack but it's, it's done so well it is and like and you know what i think is awesome is that i do think that a lot of the music from this game is childish and upbeat and happy and stuff like that but then the music and and i'll tell you guys because i literally was on youtube stealing a couple of tracks for this fucking podcast and you're gonna hear it in about 20 minutes when patrick and i wrap this up the i, I don't i can't be convinced that the king ddd theme like that, the music that plays like we are fighting King, like that is yeah. is like yeah. I'm like that that stacks up against Mega Man, and for all of yeah, you that know exactly. how much that's, I love yeah, Mega Man, that's a great yeah, that's oh. a great comparison. Like that's that's like the level of quality of music that yeah. I think that game. And I thought it was level. I thought it was so awesome that like I just spent four and a half levels, you know, playing a game and it's got this like you know la 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 music, mm -hmm. and then you fucking get into you literally get into a boxing ring with King DDD and then the music just goes like no 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 more fucking around this guy means business and it gets so intense and it's not even that intense it's really not that hard to fight but i love that yeah. music so much like i was mm -hmm. i was floored at how good the fucking music like it, it and it's so funny how i mean you're big into music so i, I know you're going to yeah. understand what i'm trying to say far better than i'm going to be able to say it, but like music just sticks with you you know when you hear a song you heard that you listened to as a Absolutely. kid and it's like yeah. it's like a smell, like it's burnt into your brain. Yeah. Exactly. And when I'm sitting here yeah, playing Kirby's Dreamland and that that fucking King DDD music hit, and I was just like, oh yeah. Like that yeah. was that's yeah. the stuff. Oh <laughs> just polish, Patrick. I'm I, I love I love all like the boss design in the game is is really enjoyable. You know what? I, uh... Yeah. I actually I like all the so okay, so if you've not played it, so there's only five levels. It's, I mean I would even argue it's well no, it's not four and a half, it's five levels. There's there's four yeah, four levels, then there's King DDD's level, which is replaying a lighter version of all four of those levels. With yeah, the boss and then fights again. And then refighting the bosses again, yeah. Yeah. So the first boss, like you're in the woods and it's just that fucking tree that 
so I don't how like how did I don't know how that fucking tree became so goddamn iconic because he really is worse <laughs> than Glass Joe, I, who's I, also I think iconic. It's a combination of of being on the box art, so yeah. you, you see it. That's what's going to sell you as a kid, you know, the art on the cover, and then you play it and you go, well, that's that's the boss. Like it almost becomes iconic in the sense that Kirby and this tree, that's that's the level, and in you know, like almost in a way that. Um, it, it, bring it back to the Sonic comparison for some reason, like the first level of Sonic is designed as a, as a training level. Um, green greens kind of feels the same way where it's that first level is like, here's an introduction to the mechanics, yeah. how you, what you can do. Here's a mini boss to show you what you're going to be fighting. And now there's this tree that you recognize from the cover of the, of the, uh, of the box. And if that's all you play as a kid, especially a game designed to be picked up and played very short amount of times, you know, you may just replay that first level over and over. So that's what sticks in yeah. your head a lot. It's fascinating that they didn't put DDD on the cover. That it's fucking, it's that fucking wispy yeah, woods right? tree. I, yeah. I, that's yeah. like because DDD, it's not like King DDD is fucking scary looking. Like he's just a, a he's fat just a bird weird and penguin a looking thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, they put that tree on there. And you know what's funny, dude? I'm literally looking at a picture of that tree right now because, like, that tree. It almost hurts me to admit it because he's so wussy, but like he is iconic. But I will say, like he never looks like he always looks like he's just like, uh oh, like he doesn't like he yeah. wants to be left yeah. alone. Like he doesn't look yeah. mean at all. His yeah, eyes yeah. never even he never he, even he like he has no real attacks. He's like, look, all I've got, I've got no arms, no legs. All I can do is just blow air at you. Like leave me alone. Yeah, like, that's all he's trying, I'm trying to, to do. Push you away with air. <laughs> These apples are falling from my tree, and you're spitting them in my face. Yeah, it's <laughs> so almost like he's offering up the apples as like a peace offering. He's like, here, you can have some of my apples. Just don't. I can't move. I'm stuck here. Just yeah. fucking leave me alone. Leave me alone. And Kirby's like, no. So I'm may, gonna I mean, fuck maybe you up. maybe Kirby is a monster in that sense because I mean, the tree wouldn't be put there by King DDD. That would have been a tree that lived in green green so yeah. you and, like fight all these enemies and you're like hey giant tree like fuck you they, they don't even like take his eyes and make them look angry like all they would have had to do no. is like make his eyes look sinister but like the whole time yeah. he just looks like someone just went into the wrong hole like he just has this look yeah. on his face like oh no um a poor tree what are the other bosses there's what's this uh, so low 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 and la 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 are Dude, the are the second level bosses that, those are the ones that uh that shoot the crates at you you have to uh yeah uh suck up the crates and, and hit them with them so that's my favorite boss in the game outside of ddd is Lolo. you like that one yeah i do because like if you yeah, yeah if you've not played it it's literally i'm i'm trying to look up right now is it lolo from adventures of lolo it looks like it's exact character it does look like that. I never really thought about that, but maybe I'm maybe just looking to see if it is the same. But like, I never it, made that connection. It it literally like if you've never seen it, literally is Lolo. Like I don't know if it is Lolo, yeah. but it is exact. Copy I wonder of if it's Lolo. the same the same game designers maybe. Yeah. Oh, here's it says Lolo Lo and La 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 originated from Lolo and La La characters from an yeah. earlier HAL game. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, that, makes okay. that makes sense. So you fight the two of them and there's, there's a pair of them. I assume like a brother and sister or something. And, yeah. uh, there's like, it's all, that's my favorite boss because it's like it's, it's these four sets of doors on different levels and they run across the room with these like big ice cube jar things. And all you have to do is suck it up and spit it at them. Um, yeah. but you got to do it from behind them. So you kind of got to wait till they pass by. Yeah. Drop down, yeah. You go underneath them, them, come up yeah. behind and suck it up. But I love that they, I love enemies where they like, they do the whack-a-mole thing where they run into like a door and then they come out of some random door mm -hmm. and they're coming the other way. Um, it just, to me, it breaks up the, 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 for lack of a bit, like, cause the thing is, is like when you fight the cloud or who's the other boss, there's DDD, the cloud. Yeah, so there's a, uh, I don't know how to, it's like a, 
Pustula. That's the blimp. And then Krakow is the uh, the spike cloud. Oh, right, thing. the blimp. And okay. I, I think those are the two best bosses. See, I thought the cloud thing was like, it was so like, there's this big lightning cloud with an eyeball in it that shoots like the laser beams like the enemies it's in a, Kirby do. a cloud with spikes on it. Yeah, with cloud. You're right. It does have spikes on it. And it's cool yeah. looking, but like it, it's it's like the tree in the sense of like you're just going to suck up the enemies or the apples or whatever that it's spitting out, throw them at them and dodge. It's it's just obviously a much harder version of the tree. Um, see, I think he's a much more terrifying. Like that that character, see, that to me is the most iconic character from the game, is that that boss. That's the one that I think about when I think about Kirby. Oh, really? Uh, because that, that character terrified me as a kid because he's um, – I have a problem with anything that swoops down in games to try and kill you. So like the sun and super Mario brothers three, I was always terrified of because it's like, there's this thing up there and it comes down to where you are. And that's one of the attacks that, that, uh, that Krakow has is that he, he drops down an enemy that you have to suck up and shoot at him. But what he'll do is this move where he drops one down and then immediately swoops at you. You have to time it where you suck him up and jump, or you have to forego the, uh, the enemy and just jump over him. And that always terrified me because that, the anxiety of not knowing if it was going to be one of the ones where he spits them out and swoops at you. And then on top of that also has like the, the little projectile beam that he yeah. shoots out of his eyeball as well. He's, it's just like something about a giant eyeball is, is frightening. <laughs> He's easily like an eyeball that's in a cloud with spikes. He's just a terrifying looking thing of the four, like that county DDD of the four bosses. I think he's easily the toughest. Like not that he's yeah. you know again it's not fucking dark yeah, yeah, souls. I mean he's the, he's the fourth the fourth level, so um, he's, he's arguably the harder of the he, bosses. He's got some bite. I like him. I love Lolo and Lala. I think the blimp is the is the funnest though. Yeah, oh, the blimp like, dude. Because that, the the, awesome. the blimp adds it. It's kind of what I think you think in in Lolo Lolo and La 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 is that it it adds a uh, it breaks up the mechanics. You, you're it. completely in a different style of gameplay. Yeah, and that's what I like about the blimp is because you play the level, then you get the mint leaf, and now you're in a. Uh, like that side scrolling, like what they do in Cuphead or like in, in the first Mario uh, Game Boy game where they've got the, uh, the airplane and you're doing the side scrolling shooting. Yeah. I think that's so fun. It just, it completely changes the mechanic of the game for, yeah, it's, for a it, small amount. It, it's, a, it's a shmup. It's a, it becomes a shoot 'em up all of a sudden. Exactly. And yeah. you're fucking Kirby, yeah. you eat this mint leaf and then you literally are nonstop flying. You just hold shoot. And then all you're yeah. doing is dodging the cannonballs it's shooting at you while you shoot it with mint yeah. clouds. And then he does like, <laughs> the, yeah. And, uh, does like a, a rush and tries to hit you on the screen and and i shouldn't yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't say that i love this all the time because some enemies in some games do it right and some games and enemies do it wrong but like i do like it when when games uh flip the script on the enemies a little bit like for example yeah. mario brothers 3 you fight the seven koopa kids and all seven you just have to jump on them it's just a matter of how you want to jump yeah on them. whereas yeah. in super mario world like uh they change the formula uh, like, a little bit you know yeah or like uh like um like Battletoads, another game we've yeah. talked about, is like you, you get this different, like this nice break in in the game, the core gameplay for another like side mechanic that also is done very well. Yeah, I love that. I I fucking love that that boss fight. Yeah. So like, and so to have that in 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 such a small game is like you. That's what I think is so great about these bosses is each one of these bosses plays in a different style with a different mechanic. Yeah, and you'd be totally lost as to how to play them except midway through the world they give you a light version of that boss to go here's what you're going to be going up against here's an easier version three lives learn how to do the mechanic and then when you come to it you're going to fight a character that's six lives and a little bit more fierce than this yeah Uh, yeah i I agree such a smart design like it's and that i think what makes it so brilliant is like its simplicity is almost what makes it like so beautiful yeah 
No, I agree. There's no, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to say this cause it's a Kirby game, but there's not a lot of fluff. Like there's not a lot of wasted space or anything. Like they know they had yeah. limited hardware and stuff. And like at this point they'd been making Game Boy games for a few years. Like this wasn't their first yeah, game with is, that yeah, hardware. Yeah, they, this is quite, quite a bit into the game. Into yeah, they the, knew what they were doing. System. But like yeah. where it really stood out to me, the variety of the bosses was when you get to DDD's bo- uh, castle and you have to go into each of the four. And I love that yeah. they make it almost like Mega Man where you could pick your poison and go to the four levels that yeah, you want. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yep. And, and I love it when any game, I love when games do that. And then you just run through like these little half-assed versions of your levels. So I think that's the weirdest part of the game. Like if we were to talk about anything that the game does like strange or, or not like perfectly is, is those weird, um, like they take the worlds that you just finished beating and they distill it down to four on-screen elements. They're like, here are the four enemies. Here's like, here's two or three things from the background of that level you're going to go through a 30 second version of it. And at the end, the door is blocked, but you're just going to pick up a weird dancing Kirby and the door is going to, all the enemies are going to disappear. Like there, there's almost no reason to have them. No. And they're so strange. And it's like such a weird out of uh, context thing for the game to do. And I never, and I mean, maybe it explains it in the instruction manual and I just don't have the manual here or whatever, but like, yeah, why do you fucking have to pick up yourself? And it's always yeah, these weird little breakdancing curvies. And I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that too. I got there. And I just, because yeah. like they put that fucking, a lot of them, they put that spiky, um, evil looking black cannonball yeah, that's, in front yeah. of the door yeah, that yeah. you can't yeah. kill. And then you just yeah. see yourself dancing. And then all you do is touch it and then it kills everything. And I'm like, well, where the fuck have you been the whole game? If you just kill everybody. And it was well, such an odd fucking decision. I don't know why, why they did that, but it's. Yeah, I mean, it's, straight. it's just like we need something other than just going straight to the boss fight. So yeah. here's a small thing to remind you of what you just played through. And I and I do like that you can choose your own order in each of the four levels. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, like, I I personally I would have preferred if if all you were gonna do with choosing each of the four levels was give me four tiny little fun size versions of these levels, I would have preferred mm-hmm. just a, a a level like a King DDD's castle level. Personally, I, yeah, if that yeah. Had been or the, I think I would have, I would have preferred just a gauntlet of one after the other enemies. Yeah, just yeah. Like, you fight the fight the tree, fight the blimp, fight la la la. Yeah, just fight make you the, fight the, the four bosses, you know. And it was fun. Yeah. I had no problem fighting. And that's where I was going to say is like to their credit, considering like the 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 limited hardware they had, and like let's be honest, the li- like so there's not a lot you can like Kirby can eat stuff and spit it out, and he can blow a, yeah. a puff of air. Like there's not a yeah. ton you can do with him, especially back in the day when you couldn't steal enemies' abilities. And they yeah. did find a way for to basically give you four different boss fights. And when you play the yeah. four of them in succession like that, you're right. Like it never, it's not boring because you're like, well, each of these fights is at least a little bit of a. It's it, not. It's a different mechanic. Yeah. 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 You're not just you're not just sucking up an enemy and shooting it at. I mean, two of them you are. One of them you're you're doing like a. I guess all of the, you know, three of them, you're picking up an enemy and shooting it. But one of them, the, the way you're dodging stuff is different. And, you know. Yeah. It just changes it up a little bit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and then after you beat the four of them, then you get to fight King DDD. And I'm just going to yeah. get this out on the table right now. And I, listen, based on the amount of people that enjoy playing as King DDD in Smash Brothers, I think a lot of yeah. people would agree with this. Uh, King DDD might not be Bowser. But King DDD is a fucking hell of a villain, Patrick. Yeah, he's. I, I love his design. I love his attacks. I love his music. I yeah. I like that you fight him in in a boxing ring, which is the cool. Yeah. You did that in the yeah. NES yeah. version too. It, yeah, it it just it almost seems like a, a level of just like what an insane uh, opinion he has of himself. That in his castle he has like this 
boxing ring that he's going to fight you. And he's like, I'm the greatest champion. He's almost wearing like, he's got like a, like a boxer's type robe type thing that he wears as part of his apparel. Like yeah. he's, he's the king and he knows it. And I love it. I just, love it. It's so funny. And then when like the it's little life, castle. when his little life meter fills up at the bottom of the screen and it just fucking, you're like, Oh Jesus. And then it turns out that he's not, he's, he's tougher than any of the other enemies in the game. He's still not really that tough. No, he's not that once you know the but I mean he does like it is programmed in a way that it can it can put you into some corners where you you can't help but take damage. I mean, you can play it very easily through, but there are moments where you're like, oh, he gets he gets you caught on the corner of the screen or whatever it is. I was always terrified of his um the move where he runs over to you and he tries to inhale you. Yes. Just the way that his mouth becomes like his entire body length. That yeah. image always frightened me as a kid. Too. <laughs> I like that they he has all of your abilities. Like yeah, he can, yeah. he can swallow you. He can, jumps up in yeah. the air and then he kind of does like the little slam thing. So like, yeah. you can't just fly above him because he'll do his high jump. Yeah. That's where he gets he'll, me. He'll jump and hit you with the hammer. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. That's where he fucks yeah. me is he gets me against the side of the stage and then I go to fly over him and then he does yeah. his little hunch jump and he fucking yeah. gets me that way. Um, my, but I like that he basically has all the same abilities you do. What I love, mm-hmm. my favorite animation that DDD has is that sometimes he runs at you and then he swings the big mallet. And then he creates the stars, and that's when you can suck him yeah. up and spit him at him. Sometimes yeah. he like runs, and it's like he trips. He, I don't he know. Trips and falls. Yeah, yeah. He's I don't. Like, it's almost like it's trying to do a shoulder rush or something. Yeah, but I, it's, I, it's animated in a way that it looks like he just trips and falls on his to, face. To and then this he just jumps moment, back up and, to this moment, I don't know if he if he's trying to dump jump on you or if he just falls. <laughs> I've always yeah. thought it's funnier to think that he just loses his balance and falls. But like yeah, the yeah, only frustrating because it thing, doesn't produce anything that you can use against him. Yes. So it's almost like he's not making an attack. It's almost he's just uh, he's just running and failing because he's a weirdly proportioned yeah uh, penguin looking thing. He's incredibly top heavy. Um, it's kind of frustrating because when he does that run, it doesn't create. I wish he just created a star because I get that he doesn't hurt you, but you're like. Okay, fuck. Like, yeah. it's funny the first yeah. couple of times that he runs and just falls, but it's like, okay, swing your hammer so that I can get a star to fucking spit back at you. Like, let's keep the fucking ball moving here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I like it because then there's two moves that don't produce star, and you almost have to kind of guess, is he going to do, like, the, the fall shoulder charge, or is he going to try and inhale you in yeah. that moment? So you're yeah. almost forced to just avoid it altogether. Just jump to the other side of the screen. Yeah, you gotta and, uh, you gotta play a little bit of defense and then yeah. just wait your spots. But like, so then you end up killing him, and then it, dude, it makes that iconic like that fucking I don't know what it is, but that fucking scream noise yeah. that it makes for him. <laughs> I, as soon as yeah. I heard that, I was like, that's just burned into my brain. It's this that's, fucking music. That's the is. same. That's the same from the microphone yell. I think. Yeah, isn't it when you get the microphone? I think it is. Yeah. Get- yeah, and then all you do, and then Kirby just like all the Kirby's carry the fucking castle back, and then that's the, or whatever the fuck yeah. it is. And it, it's such an easy, charming little game, but like DDD is a great villain. It handles great. It looks great. The music's awesome. And I'm like, when I finished it, I put it down, and I, I, I <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid, but I was like, I forgive you for stealing yeah, my good. Christmas money as a child, Kirby's dream. Honestly, I, that like. The whole the whole motivation for wanting to do this game with you is that I knew how you felt about it, but I was like, I think my love of it, we can talk enough that you're going to come around to either really loving it or you're going to double down and just battle me on it, which yeah. I was prepared for either one. I mean, I'm still... And so I'm happy that it, it it just warms your heart. I still think <laughs> that, like, like, Kirby still owes me 40 bucks. Like, I'm still mad. <laughs> but I was just like, you know what? This is a fucking... God, what a, not like, a, not what a good fucking... Not only did he owe you $40... 
but he also owes you three extra dollars for making you repurchase the game. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, because you know what? Actually, I'll take the three dollars off the forty dollar tab because that's what this game was worth. Like it's, and I don't mean to <laughs> shit on this game because this game is great, but like the thing about it, if, if I guess if you're listening to this and you've never played it, I. I guess if you're a collector and you want to have it in your collection, then pay whatever it is it's worth. I have no idea. This game I, I don't think it's worth a whole lot. And that's what's great is because it was such a, a popular game. I don't think it's hard to find. Like you typically, when you, when you look for Game Boy games that, uh, uh, retro game stores there's always a copy of it right and i don't think it sells for very much good because like and, and this is not a dig but there's just i know that you guys i don't it's gonna get a pop like i there's there's not a ton of meat on the bone here like there's some it's a fun game but i'm like you know what? Between, you're not gonna get 40 the, hours out of this game you know the, no for sure but between like the the regular game getting familiar with it and then going back and playing that extra one I think there's enough like that it justifies having this game in your collection. Absolutely. If you're, if you're a, you know, if you're into Game Boy games, like this is definitely for me a game that that you need to have for that console because when when the when you boil it down to the Game Boy is a pick up and play for a short amount of time type yeah. console. Yeah. Like part of part of what I don't like about modern handheld consoles, like I, I love my Switch, but I don't find myself playing it in handheld mode because I don't have the time to take a Switch with me and get into a, a deep game like that. Right. Whereas the Game Boy, I can I can take that to somewhere, a waiting room, whatever it is. I can turn it on. I can play five, ten minutes of Kirby, enjoy it, and then just turn it off without worrying about getting back to that spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I that's like that's that. the perfect like you you. It's just so good because it's it distills down to this perfect element of being like this is what the system's for. This is what games should have been designed for, and and it's it's. It's pick up and play, but it doesn't mean it has to be like bad. Yeah, I agree with that. It's wild that like if they had imagine this exact game, but they launch it on the NES. Forget Kirby's Adventure. Imagine this exact game launches on the NES, but like with color, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Kirby survives because I think people are like, well, it was fun, but it was like, yeah, there's not enough for a sit down version. Exactly. Yeah, there's not enough for a sit down version. I agree. Whereas like, they were like, yo, this game works so good on the Game Boy. I almost feel like you, you, you mentioned, it. I never thought of it, Patrick, but you brought up a great point that you're like, most Game Boy games are NES ports that are put on the Game That's Boy. Right. Whereas this, yeah. They yeah. created this game for the Game Boy, and I have to imagine then they were like, yo, what could we do with this if we had like full power? Like if we yeah, had the exactly. NES. Yeah. And yeah. and and like because I again I'll I'll defend it to the death. Like I ranked my top 20 NES games a while back. Kirby's Adventure is in my top 20. That's a great fucking video game. But yeah. playing this, I was like, this is this is like a an appetizer version of that that's surprisingly good. I it's yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's not a it's not a watered down version of an NES game. It's a game that was thoughtfully designed for the portability of we're specifically going to make a simplistic game, easy to pick up, easy yeah. to play on a console that's designed for that. Nobody's main console was the Game Boy. You yeah. know, like the Game Boy was the thing you carried to and from school and, and those were the times you played it. And then you probably had a home console that you played, you know, uh, games that had much more to them where you could sit down and play. And, and to that aspect, it's, it's so perfectly designed that, yeah, they take that and go, what if we could do a full release of a game like this with much more memory and, and color palettes and everything. And, and those two things, I think just snowball into creating this iconic character that, that, uh, becomes, you know, mascot worthy for, for the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking outstanding. I was, I, you're right. It, I have. I the it's we we're friends now. Like me and Kirby have shaken hands and we're like, all right, man, it's fucking over. That was fine. That was fine. Like four bucks. Like I'll probably play it. I I'll play it again. I was I had so much fun just sitting here playing. I was like, this was such a. I think I had wrestling on while I was playing through it, 
And I was just yeah. like, man, what a nice little, this was just like a, yeah, a nice little like, snack. It was a nice little that, bite-sized uh, gaming snack. Yeah, um, that, like, you talked about that picture I posted, like, I threw on Futurama, watched that in the background while I played Kirby, and, you know, after 30 minutes or so, I was done, and I was just like, what a what an enjoyable experience yeah. this is. There's a lot of rumors floating around right now, everybody, that Game Boy and Game Boy Color games are going to be coming to the Switch right away oh, for Nintendo Online. That would be so awesome. And, yeah, it would be. But because it'd be awesome, I'm not sold Nintendo will do it because Nintendo doesn't <laughs> fucking do awesome things. Although I really do believe this one is going to happen. And I'm telling you all, yeah. if it does happen, like we were trying to figure out what Game Boy games uh, could come to the Switch because I'm like, I don't, I, I think Pokemon is maybe. And so I'm like, if Pokemon doesn't come yeah. over, then you've got the Super Mario Lands. You got Link, uh, Link, Link's Awakening, of course. Uh, you have Tetris, of course. And then I said Kirby, the Kirby games. And I was like, I'm telling you, like, yeah. Yeah, for all of you listening to this, uh, if you've never played it, I hope that it shows up on the Switch. If it doesn't, uh, if you've got a DS laying around, pay the four bucks. Canadian. So that's what, like eight cents in the US to fucking get your hands on this game. <laughs> I think I was it's like, just free of the US. Yeah, yeah, they'll give you, you 50 cents. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. They'll send you 50 cents if you buy this game. It, uh, It's really good. Um. Patrick, if we're, we're going to score this thing, uh, how the fuck are we going to... You know what? <laughs> There's fucking... I'm going to look it up right now. I'm looking up how many Kirby games... Kirby games are you going to include? Are you going to include the uh, spin-off games? I'm just going with whatever. This, games, there are according so to many. Google, there's 30. Like 25. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Over. Yeah. It says over 30. So we're going to go with just 30. All right. So on a scale of one to 30, what would you rank Kirby's Dreamland? I would say, like, it's a it's a 25. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Fuck. That's what I was going to do. Like a like a. That's like bad eight, radio. eight out of ten, you know, like yeah, uh, yeah. I'll go. Okay, so I'm gonna a, go. It's such a good game. I'm gonna go twenty four just to be different because it's bad radio <laughs> for both of us. But yeah, it's like, and and you know what's wild, you guys, is that sometimes when we review an old game like this, we're like, well, back then it would have been a a twenty eight, yeah, yeah. but today it's a twenty. I legit. This might be the first game ever that I'm like, I'll give it a higher fucking score now than I would have yeah. given it as a kid. I, I think I think if we had done this game in the heat of when we were talking about like Super Mario Land. Uh, you would have given it a zero from the conversation oh, we had previously. <laughs> it would not have gotten a kind review. I assure you of that. But now I'm like, you know what? I played it. It was good. It's great. And I really got to say, guys, like I play a lot of retro video games for this podcast. And it can be difficult sometimes because I play a game. I just played Tomb Raider on the PlayStation, the original Tomb Raider. And I liked it. And there's an episode coming about it right away. But I was like, this is the controls in this game have aged like a fucking banana. Like they have not aged well at yeah, all. Yeah, Whereas like, yeah. I didn't run into that issue with this. I played it and I knew that I'd played it as a kid. So I had the nostalgia for it. But if I had never played this game in my life, I could have sat down and played it and been like, that was a nice little fun game. Like it has aged yeah. really fucking well. So yeah, it plays, it plays really tight. Now let's just hope that the someday we get another good Kirby game. I'm not sold that'll ever happen again, but we can uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it, you know what, like the formula I think has been exhausted. I don't even know what you, like I've seen what they've been doing with Kirby and I don't really care for it anymore. Yeah. But like that doesn't take away from how good these older games were. You no. know, they, they had a formula and it, it almost only works in this older style, I think. Yeah. And the thing about it is like, we all, I know everyone, you know, we all break Kirby's balls. And we're like, Oh, Kirby games suck. Kirby games are for babies. But at this, they, they, they are, where, where you're literally that would be like watching Sesame Street and being like they're the plot and the show fucking sucks like it's just it's a show it's a game for children so and Homer beat their yeah. brains out you know but it, 
I have to get my, I have to drop my Simpsons lines in there when I can. I have to. Uh, yeah. But, um, man, good stuff. Um, before we move on, and I let you, uh, I have no idea what you're about to say, but I, I have a good idea. But before I just give you the floor and let you speak to the the dozens and dozens of hot dogs out there, have you got any closing thoughts on Kirby's Dreamland? Is there anything we missed? Is there anything I'm forgetting? Um, I don't think so. Uh, something I, I, I think uh, I'd really enjoy kind of bringing up. Uh, we were talking about like the sounds and kind of the nostalgic sounds. You're talking about King DDD. One one that sticks up for me is is the the sound of when you collect the star and you shoot up into the sky. It's such yeah. a unique like uh, that's that's one that like you hear that you're like oh nice like that, the sound of success at the end of the level kind of thing. It's just like it's such a nice that like sound, chime think, song uh, sound. Yeah, that yeah. little chimey. Yeah, and then you shoot up into the sky and go into the you plug the whales blowhole with it <laughs> yeah dude that's so charming too that you're like your star yeah. crashes in the whales yeah. blowhole and then the whale just shoots you up into oh, the air man I love that. something we didn't even talk about is like those little animations at the start of each world so when they introduce to you green greens and castle low low and float island yeah i love the one at the start of float island where it's just it's kirby fishing off the island he catches a fish and throws it from the rod like right into his mouth but then he gets hooked on the rod and he starts pulling at his cheek yeah that little animation is just like it's so adorable yeah it is that's good stuff it's also fucking if you've never hooked yourself with a fish hook it's also (laughs) fucking horrifying but for some reason with with kirby it's like no he doesn't bleed it's fine he's just made of he's he's just made of very stretchy yeah he's an old condom he's fine Uh, (laughs) i don't know what he's made probably the worst thing i've heard to, to describe kirby uh, that level got Every, cut from the everything game. Whole, everything wholesome we just talked about is completely in ruined in three seconds yeah what he what he swallows in the last level that doesn't never mind um <laughs> leave it to adam to ruin everything patrick you're a busy guy fucking the floor is yours tell people what you're up to these days yeah, so I just uh, I, I produce music under the name Burgerfinger. Um, you can check me out on Instagram. I'm also one half of a uh, live hip hop duo. We're called Discount Lion Safari. Shout out so to anyone that gets that know. reference. Sorry, how do you get yeah, it in there? Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna no, I was just gonna mention it, uh, especially since we dropped the uh, the earlier reference. <laughs> to it. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we're we're uh, live. I play. I do like live finger drumming on an MPC, and then I got a, a homie Fox that raps, and we're just two nerds that don't look like we should be in a rap group that rap about. Uh, video games and book references and it's a lot of fun so you can find me at uh, at burgerfinger and our instagram for the band is discount.lion.safari there's some kid who has just discount lion safari and he's doing nothing with it and i keep reaching out to him and he does not want to respond to me that's the but, worst uh, yeah i just, fucking uh, doing hate, a bunch oh. of music that fucking a whole bunch of people have the adam blank handles yeah every every time i hear you talk about like your stuff is like it has to be at member the game and not remember the game because somebody else has it i'm like what piss off that is shit or get off the pot all of you if you've got someone's (laughs) fucking handle use it or give it back motherfuckers yeah Yeah. patrick's info is in the description of this podcast as well so if you guys want to check out what he's up to these days uh, and you, I know I kind of yelled a whole bunch and maybe you didn't have a pen on you. Just look at the description of this podcast. You'll see his handles there. Patrick, this episode is literally going live in two hours and 16 minutes. So I got to awesome. get editing. Don't forget to send me those things so that I can put them in the front yeah, description. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. no, brother, thanks for having me. Yeah. Fuck man. It was great catching up with you. We'll do another one of these, uh, hopefully in less time than fucking it's been between the last one and this one yeah yeah i'd love to any any game boy games like if anybody has suggestions for game boy games that they want to hear like chances are i i've played it and i love it and we could talk about it so i love it uh, get people get people to throw out game boy game suggestions we can do some more episodes in game boy i'm gonna put you on the spot on the podcast have you played Mega Man five 
on the on the Game Boy? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the best one. It is. I owned that game as a kid, and I have yeah. no idea whatever happened to that cartridge. And that cartridge is worth like a fucking house now. It will not yeah. that much, but oh, it's not it's, cheap. Yeah, and I crazy. and I'm so mad at my mom and dad for fucking giving it away or losing it or whatever the fuck it is they did with it. Um, but yeah, okay. So okay, I'll talk to you. Well, I'm gonna hit end so I can get this thing editing. But we'll do an episode cool. about Mega Man Five because we got to talk about good. Mega Man Five. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good talking to you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, man. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Patrick, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Kirby's Dreamland and for kicking me in the ass and getting me to replay Kirby's Dreamland. Cause as angry as I was back then, I was like, this is a fun little game. It really is. It's a fun little game. Great quality. That was a good time. Uh, and to every single one of you right now that are listening to the show, whether this is your first episode or your 166th episode, is there people out there that have listened to every one of these? It has to be a couple of you, you monsters. Uh, thank you. So much for listening. We are just climbing the charts. Things are getting bigger and bigger and bigger around here. Remember, the game industries has moved out of the garbage can behind my condo into the dumpster down the road from my condo because we're just growing so big. So I can't thank you all enough for the support. If you like this, if you like this podcast and you want more of these, please consider supporting us on Patreon. I'm giving you a mountain of value, two bucks a month, not a week, two bucks per month. Gets you two additional podcasts on Thursday and Friday every week. Plus, there's well over 100 bonus podcasts just sitting there in the archives waiting for you to just download on your phone or whatever and listen to at your will for $2. Plus, you can vote for the games we cover. You can write in and play play one, remake one, erase one, and blow in the cartridge and do all of those things. You can DM with me. I'll give you a shout out. It's really maybe the best value in the history of humanity. Quite possibly it is. So patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested in supporting us or you can check out our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com. That's also where you'll find my P.O. box if you want to send me a letter or postcard, something little. I'll write you back and we'll be friends. And you can find me on the old Patreon, or pardon me, the old Twitch box. If you go to twitch.tv and look for member the game, not remember the game, member the game. Uh, I don't really have a set schedule. I also don't take money on there. I'm just looking to hang out with the community. I get on whenever I can. So hit me with a follow. It's free. Tell you when I'm on there, you can come by, be friends, we'll be friends. That's how everybody becomes friends. Have <sighs> um, we got anything else to plug? I don't think so. I think that's it. I'll be back tomorrow for all of you Patreon supporters with Expansion Pass, where we'll be talking about our gaming comfort foods. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch, and I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy slab of podcasts right off the meat on the bone. I can't think of a way to tie it into ribs, but that's what I was shooting for. I'm hungry. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you all again soon. Uh, goodbye. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. So I would like to take a moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And holy fuck, this list is getting long. Here we go. Get comfortable, everybody. Here we go. A huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift Mallow Money, Todd, Joe Buck, Ben Drinken, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Freezer Burnt, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Fake McHugh, Josh from Press Start to Join, Jeffrey Mathis, Shaley, Keegs in his Stupid Arrow Handle, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzica, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bouya, Slick Rick, 
Evan Refuse, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Josh Morgan, Charlie Medeiros, Scott V, Rex Sheldon, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Divalk, Luca Reskino, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan, Duow, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Sane, Nick Sills, Vladstein, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Foo Foo 89, Matt Brown, Ben Boucher, Angry Ticks, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Adam Chirello, Dario Omen, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, The T Word, Michael Haig, Mr. Nick, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, White Burrow, Chris Knife 007, Nathan Tremblay, Mark Jones, A Town, Andre SGA Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, Jer Bear, Arpad Bodos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, Defunct, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Brian Bayshore, Retro Ghosty Ghost, X Water, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, Jay Clutch, Starl Probin, Tim Riel, The Giraffe, Jared, PB McFadden, G9PSX, Tim L, Dominic S. Thompson, Martin Greenwood, David Schnatterer, Wolverine Films, Peebs, Silver Grunion, Mr. Satan, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, 8-Bit Bovey, Pat Duddy, MPG in Buffalo, James Anderson, Amy Gillen, Dana Wuchral, That One Kid Nick, Potato Bob Guy, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tamazi, Kelly, Jesse Clark, Pi Messiah, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, Brocken Newcomb, Zootroy, Mfelf, A Novel Console, Kfabe5150, Example Text, AJ Jones, JB Retromania, Ferdy Martinez, Troy Zuniak, Brendan Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Derpimus Prime, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Paul Buller, Joshua Davis, Stefan Fukasawa, Thor the Hammered, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar. There's still 200 more of these. Mick, thank you. Mick Jr., Mega Man 2 OG, Good A, Goth C, Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, K Jam, Chris Coplian, Spencer C. Weiss, Mandingo 2021, The Saturnian, Cody Poland, JMC, Logan Hale, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Nathan Freak, Mike Burks, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCown, Kerry Waka Waka, Fob, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic K21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Raul Aguiar, I Worked at Subway, David Phillips, Corey Street, Gary Heather, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, John DiGiazzo, Tense Sparkster, Omega 88, Swedish Fish, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Tim Chombo, Chowdy Laudy, Joseph Gonzalez, Dan Wagner, Daniel McKee, Candido, K Cuz, Guest House Productions, Bones 02, S2 Von 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Kyle Bolton, Scarlett, Zonko 504, Lee Sparks, a Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from KOTOR, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Josh Valentini, Hammond Egger, Ronnie Sachs, PK, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Matthew Day, Broken Spoilers, Harmonies David, Game Nomad Misi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Leigh Evans, Daniel Stidham, Darth Obvious, Mark or Master Boy, Leon Napscog, Trapper Keeper 1000, Daniel, Astro Alpica, 
Rob Strothman, Ryan Groinus, Kaiser Dragon, Pee Pee Poo Poo Cuckoo Pants, Kyle Dodd, Jared Boschlian, Stu, <laughs> Stu Bergerick, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Barrow, 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 Barrow. I don't know. The Gray, Beater, the gray Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanny, Hayes87, Lukey Mull, Danny Proudfoot, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barrage, Neo Nevis, Andy Spilling, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Chalupa Cabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Barrett, Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, Mikey NL83, I Am the Mutt, Juga, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champity. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I suck at this. Just a Fish, Adam Stank, Generic Shilling, Nope Q, Beth, Rob Kingsley, Benny MB, Shadow Annex 626, Vomit the Soul, Strife 89, Thermopolis, Paul Rakowski, Liam, Mike, or Mika Avil, Chris Daniels, Gareth Dunn, Matt Denzalo, Evan, King Caruso 64, Davy Boy, Michael Bayshore, Eric Chavinius, Matthew and Jules Forever, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Dan S., Adam Goldstein, Beagle the Butch, Austin Oresti, Matt High, Nemo Sandoval, Matthew Centrone, Grim Reaper, Hostile Badger, Thomas Hansen, Zach Shepard, Stefan, Andy Cunningham, Black Silver, Bill Mumphrey, Billy Mumphrey's Downfall, Rico Argentieri, Brian W., Chris Dickin, Jungle Dumpster, Jay Hampton, Alicia Oda, Rage Mo, Thomas G, Man of Few Words, Hans Gruber, Dylan Flora, Max Jack, Jackson M, Joseph Oblivion, Craig Sutherland, Rob Sirino, Pat Myaz, Matthew D'Amico, and Daja1k12. If I fucked your name up in there, consider it a badge of honor because I suck at this. Holy fuck. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to thank everybody. I'll keep thanking everybody. We'll see. When we hit a thousand, if we hit a thousand, maybe we'll see about it. Holy cow. I got to go drink some water. Thanks for the support, everybody. I'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Cheers.